at heartofworshipchurch.com. I want to talk to you today about hastening the day of the Lord. In Revelations chapter 22, verse 17, we read this. It says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecies of this book. That if any man shall add to these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. For he that testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Therefore even so. Come, Lord Jesus. The book of Revelations has some frightful things because that it is meant to remind us not to get attached to this world, but to keep desiring and looking for the coming of the Lord and asking fervently for him to hasten the day of it. According to scripture, we are to ask. It says the spirit and the bride crieth, Lord, come. Do you know, my friend, that you can hasten the returning of the Lord? How often do we look around us at the sufferings of others and realize, God, it is time for you to come and put an end to it. Yet in the midst of it, should it give us an urgency to cry forth also for the saving of our loved ones that they not miss it. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, we read, For the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. Because you see, my friend, there are many who like to point the finger at God and say, If he is so loving, then why does he allow all of this sin and wickedness to continue happening? My friend, I tell you this for an assurity that it is because of his great mercy that he has tarried. Because if he came, then there are so many that would miss it, but he keeps waiting and giving space for repentance. But there comes a point at which he says enough is enough. And that point is when his bride cries out because she's hurting so much. Because the word of God says, touch not mine anointed. He will react to the cry of the bride. So my friend, if you want to hasten the day of the Lord's returning, then the spirit and the bride has to cry together. Come, Lord Jesus, come. So you might say, well, that is selfish to cry for him to come if it will cause some to miss it. But I say, my friend, that that is true to a point, but it does come to a point where the wickedness has so overrun the innocent that it becomes selfish to continue in your complacence and not cry out for God to intervene upon it. There does come a point at which you can say, Lord, the generations will be lost because so few will know the truth about you if you don't come and show yourself mighty in the earth. Oh, come, Lord Jesus, come. Because in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, we read this, that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men might count slackness. But he is long-suffering towards us because that he is not willing that any should perish, but rather that all should come to repentance. 
But nevertheless, the day of the Lord will come, and it will come as a thief in the night. And when it does, the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the very elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of person ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of the Lord? wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent, that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Yes, my friend, there is a day coming, and it will be a frightful and terrible day for the wicked, all the more reason to be urgent in evangelism. Nevertheless, on the other side of it, there will be righteousness. Therefore, I see a need in this dire time to pray for the hastening of the Lord's return. The Bible says that unless he shortened the days, then no flesh would be saved. It would become so bad upon the earth. So I ask you today, my friend, have you become isolated in your prosperity, provision, and blessings? Or have you looked upon the sufferings of other enough to weep and wail between the porch and the altar and say, Lord, come? Have you become so content in your understanding of him or in your place in his kingdom that you do not feel his heart grieving for the reproach that has been brought upon his name and the shame that has been placed upon him in the name of a false grace that you have ceased from praying, Lord, come quickly and cleanse your sanctuary. Don't allow the enemy to run rampant in your pulpits bringing reproach upon your name. In these last days, have you become so at ease with your own family, career, church, programs, and prosperity that you have ceased to plead on behalf of those who on this very day will bleed for the cause of Christ? And pray, Lord, please come quickly. Perhaps you have. There's always a remnant. But I assure you that the many have failed at this. So will the days grow darker and harder until the bride wakes up and remembers her dire need of the loving embrace of her spiritual husband. Because Jesus himself said in Matthew 24, verse 21, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except that those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But yet for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Because the elect, the bride, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will cry, Come, Lord, come. And he will hearken unto them. The bridegroom always responds to the cry of his bride. I am convinced that the day that the Holy Spirit was given on Pentecost, that some 2,000 years ago, 
that the church, the early church, the bride of Christ, those who believed upon him sat in that upper room for many days and prayed. What do you think they were praying? Think about the circumstances that they were in. They had walked for three and a half years with Jesus. They had seen him do all of these miraculous, wonderful things. They believed he was the Messiah, the son of the living God, the savior of the world, that he was coming to judge the nations with an iron rod. And sure enough, they were right. I assure you, he will do this. But first, there was a dispensation of grace to be accomplished. He had been crucified. He had been resurrected back to life. He had walked with them for 40 days, teaching and speaking of these amazing things that would be so hard to believe except that they had not just experienced the greatest miracle the world had ever seen. And then he ascended into the heavens. And the last thing that they were told by the angels after him were, why do you look up staring and gawking? For in the same manner that he went up, he will come back again. Then they went their way. They gathered in that upper room and they began to pray. What do you think? They prayed. With all of my heart, I am convinced of this, that above any other prayer or request, they prayed, Come, Jesus, come. They didn't know how long it would take, but they knew they had been told he was coming back again. They knew that they were in danger to even gather and pray and believe in him. But nevertheless, the bride cried, come. And what was his response to it? The day of Pentecost. He sent his spirit with the sound of a mighty rushing wind to set ablaze each of them, filled with his power and giftings to go out and do his work until his returning. I believe that the Holy Spirit responded to a bride. In that day, this prophecy came alive. The bride and the spirit together began to abide and cry, come Jesus, come together. So when's the last time you cried, bride? When is the last time you yielded to the yearning of the Holy Spirit of God to be reunited with the bridegroom? When is the last time you grieved over the way he is treated around you? When is the last time you had urgency in your heart for the lost that are going to miss the marriage supper of the Lamb like those foolish virgins in the parable that Jesus gave us? Because the scripture does tell us that we are to seek to hasten the day of the Lord. And one of the ways that we do this is by praying for him to come. Now we understand that there are a few more very important things. Of course, the Bible says that he cannot return until his gospel has been preached in all of the world. So with everything that is in you, evangelize, preach the gospel, speak the truth, and you are hastening the day of the Lord. We understand that Israel will never know true peace until the King of Peace returns to sit upon the throne of it. So to pray for the peace of Israel is to pray for Christ's return. 
when is the last time you have done this? And we know that he will not come again until the Jews have been redeemed back into the family and accept him as Messiah. When is the last time you have prayed for the eyes of the understanding of the Jewish people to be opened to who the Messiah really is, to who Christ is to them? Because when you do this, you are hastening the day of the Lord. But yet in all of this, I think the seed of it is realized and springs to life in the heartfelt cry of the bride, feeling the yearning of the Holy Spirit and praying together audibly, where you and heaven and even all of hell can hear it. Come, Jesus, come. Because in Joel chapter 2 verse 15, we are given this prophecy that says, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, let the bridegroom go forth out of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priest and the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? For then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. When the bride cries out, when she cries from her closet, from that prayer closet, when the ministers of the Lord get up and weep and wail between the porch and the altar and stop praying selfish prayers and start saying, God, don't allow your name to be put to shame. Don't allow your heritage to be put to reproach to be placed under the hand of the heathen who say where is your God show them who you are oh come Lord come when he hears the cry of the bride the bridegroom comes out of his chamber so my friend today I ask you when is the last time that you prayed to hasten the day of the Lord's returning and if it's been too long then we need to ask ourselves what is the reason for it? Have we become too comfortable, too complacent, too selfish? Have we ceased to love God and others more than ourselves? Because I assure you of this, that God's heart is hurting. And I assure you of this, that the body of Christ is suffering. And if we have become so detached from that, that we don't pray to lessen it, by hastening his returning, then we have to wonder if we're not a dried-up branch. It's time to get reconnected. It's time to abide, to feel his heart again, to pray by the leading of his spirit, to be a bride that is waiting, anticipating, and praying for the hastening of her bridegroom's returning. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.